Roach, Roach Coach. Podcast. Hot all day. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Roach Coach Podcast, the journey to create the new metal canon. My name is Lauren Kozlowski and with me, as always, is the original Roach Rider, Mr. Matt Nas. Keep it rolling, baby! There he is. This week we are without Jenny. Jenny is taking a little break. Uh, She had to attend to some stuff. Do not worry. She will be back next week. Do not worry. She said, you guys have my blessing to do the episode without her. We double checked. We triple checked. And then we checked one more time. She said, it's okay to go over who's tweeting without her. But she is here in spirit and she'll be back next week. So we've got to dig in this week and all about who's tweeting, all about your feedback. Who's (laughs) tweeting? Yes, Matt. (laughs) All about your feedback, your questions, your queries, what's going on, what's happening. We're going to talk about all of it and we're going to start off with a section we love called Who's Back? Who's Back? And that slipknot matt slipknot the knot is back the knot is back they are saying Corey taylor is saying not just they Corey taylor is saying that clown first, and crew clown and crew Corey taylor is saying slipknot will release their first single from their new album in the next <laughs> don't, don't month worry so. guys i brought my daughter with me because right. i knew that we didn't have we didn't have jenny this week so i just made sure i brought my daughter with me she's here she's gonna be chiming in every once in a while perfect rosemary let us know your thoughts on chug (laughs) she's gonna let you know her thoughts on the wonder pets in just a minute yes so we've got uh yes so we've got a new slipknot record apparently coming very soon and it feels like oh i can't believe we're getting this soon but at the same time Slipknot records tend to take like what four to five years, right, Matt? They they definitely have been taking much longer than released in 2019, and now here we are in 2021, looking straight down a new Slipknot record. This is very exciting, but also this also plays into a fact that new metal it's back. New metal is back. Here's what I know about Slipknot. Number yes. one, there is usually never just one year between albums. Because what the first one, Subliminal Verses, nope, that's not the first record. First record self-titled. Okay. The first record comes out, they tour that thing forever, and then Iowa comes out. So what's the distance between those two records? Because I would imagine if that's that's two years, since 99 to 2001. But that then, makes sense. Yeah. But then from Iowa to Subliminal Verses is 2001 to 2004. So now you're looking at three years. Then, from Subliminal Verses to All Hope Is Gone, 2004-2008, a four-year block. Then, from All Hope Is Gone to The Great Chapter is, I want to say 2013, 2014. So we're looking at something like six years. Wow. And then, from Great Chapter to we are not your kind is 2014 to 2019 so another five so this is the fastest turnaround since uh since self-titled to to iowa could be great could be great we will of course be talking about this song as the moment it drops we will be talking about this song very excited for more not we are not your kind was a great record some people felt it was return to form so i liked it Oh, uh, yeah. So, very exciting. 
we've also got to talk about who's in those DMs. Who's sliding up in? Man, we got a message from Alex. Okay. What did Alex have to say? Well, let me see if I can pull up what old Alex had to say. Ah! Jenny Lee's one episode. We're like, what do we do? Alex said, new lister. Don't know how I never found you guys before, but love the show. Thank you. I'm listening from the start forward and only at uh, episode 28 with Cold Chamber. Is that? Nope. That would be the first Cold Chamber record. First Cold Chamber record. Yeah. So we did not get to uh, that moment where we had to abide by our new metal parents. That's right. That's right. That is for uh, Chamber Music, the second Cold Chamber record. Alex, welcome. Enjoy the backlog. Enjoy getting into it. all the wildness that we're getting into. Characters also, we don't even do anymore. Oh, man. Remember we used to do Mortis all the time? That was a big one. Fancy um, Matt. Bible fancy Matt. Fancy Matt. Yeah. Ba- Prowler. Prowler is never truly gone. But nah, um, baby, you know I'm no. always here. There he is. There he is. I would say, with th- this is the reminding me that we have not done Cold Chamber in a little bit. Maybe maybe time to dip back into the cold chamber. Put them Thanks tootsies the back in the cold chamber. Tip them back in. Get cold soot. Get that get that foot sooty. Get that sooty foot with the cold chamber. Uh, thank you, Alex. Welcome to the show. Uh, we also got a uh, message from Jaeger who said, Jaeger "Dear Roach says I got oh, it. Yeah, I'm oh, pre- Matt's got I'm it. Prepared. Matt's got it. He's on it." Says, "Dear Roach Coach, great way to start off any com- correspondence with us. Love it." I know we haven't even made it to the Bloodhound three-pound pound yet, but this is my official plea for 400 to be Zug Island's album, Cracked Tiles. The production on the Cry Little Sister cover actually sounds pretty great with headphones on. I like it. It's a soft sell and a hard sell at the same time. It's like, I'm putting it in early. I'm doing the work. But at the same time, you you listen to Cry Little Sister with some headphones on, your world going to change. Then, great hashtags. Yes. Hashtag Zuggalohundo, chef's kiss. And then, hashtag Zundo Quad Hundo. I love this. I love this. I love it. It's also so far ahead into the future. <laughs> we are not even at 300 yet. We have a ways to go. I haven't done a count in a while, but I don't think we're even close to the uh, Bloodhound I, three pound pound yet. I don't think we're there yet. We have, I, I get a I get an email every week that lets me know about new new reviews, and I don't think we've received any in in at least a couple months. So, but also we haven't really been talking about the Bloodhound three pound pound in a while. That's because so might- you are dreading it. I'm dreading it with every ounce of my being. The <laughs> idea of having to spend a week or two, or honestly three, once you put in the edits, of uh, of having to listen to the Bloodhound Gang. So it's a Ugh. little tough, you know? I mean, Bloodhound Gang is also a friend of the show. Garrett Fuller and I were texting a little bit, and he did bring up the fact that Bloodhound Gang are a jokey, funny song band. I am very anti-funny songs. I know so, you are. So that's another tough part of this but at the same time i know the people are excited i know you and jenny are pumped to do the bloodhound gang listen so. here's all i know about the bloodhound three pound pound yes. we're gonna do a patreon exclusive where we put a camera on lauren 
and we play the album and we just record your takes. Oh wow. Like not we like we'll do the episode. Okay. But like that first listen, the fresh listen, the the new the like you have no notes. You have okay. nothing to go off of. All right. You're just gonna be like because we're doing hooray for boobies, I think. Uh, we are. Okay. So just like the moment the ballad of Chasey Lane hits, I gotta see that face. I've, and it's gotta be recorded for posterity. Okay, all right. This is this is this is breaking news. I was not aware of this plan, but I mean, let's do it. All right. Then we I have guess enough time to actually we make do, this happen. We got enough time to mount a camera in a cell somewhere for me to be <laughs> set up for this, hundred percent. So, yeah, we'll. Uh, all right, there you have it. So another push. So three hundred reviews on iTunes. We're gonna do the Bloodhound Gang. Hooray for boobies. The official title of this is The Bloodhound Three Pound Pound. And we will not only do it for the show, but also we will record me listening to the album the first time. And that will be exclusive for Patreon members. Enjoy? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Because I know that that album's a real casual length. Uh, Uh, Yeah, I want to say it's like... 30 it's it's like a 35 minute album right it's not uh, long matt uh, it's not long matt is it long matt i swear to fucking god is it long <laughs> is this a long album god damn it i'm going to look right I'm now i'm looking to for how long uh, Hooray for boobies is okay oh, here we god. go oh no uh <laughs> fuck <laughs> fuck <laughs> matt it is 19 songs it is 59 minutes and 42 seconds long. Jesus Christ. Now, there is a possibility, because there is a hidden track, that 30 minutes of that is silenced to get to the hidden track. I do not know. Do not know. But, oh my goodness. Oh, what a treat. What a treat for anybody who listens. No, this is absolutely... You're going to, oh, come on, guys. Oh, wow. Just right. five minutes and 36 seconds of a lap dance is so much better when the stripper is crying. Jesus Lauren Christ. is going to lose his mind. Oh, my God. We need those reviews on iTunes. Get us those reviews, everybody. <laughs> God. Wow. All right. Thanks for the DM, Jaeger. Thanks for setting this off in a whole new direction. Keep I'm on tuning so into Roach Coach, baby. I'm so excited. Uh, well, we got a new segment here. It's called What's Putney Saying? What's Putney Saying? What is it? Uh, what got is, it. Indeed. You got, got it. it. You got it, Matt. I chimed you nailed in. It. You got it. Uh, Will Putney, as we know it, we call him the man of fire on the show. He, producer extraordinaire. He produced uh, a lot. It, it, when he, but not when Putney is behind the boards, you're, you're gonna in get good rippers. Hands. You're in good hands. The man's gonna do the work. We also My, know that he's probably gonna use this thing. Okay. That. You know, you know how guitars have like tones and things. Different. They make. I mean, I know if you use certain things. I, I want to say they're called plugins yeah you might yeah. be able to get different guitar tones depending yep. on the plugin and the string that you are plucking correct yeah putney's got like all of them he's got all the tones all the tones all the tones so 
a man with all the tones, a man with all the power. But Putney is man of the people. He went on his Insta story and he did a Q&A. Anybody could ask him any sort of questions about producing, anything like that. And he had some interesting answers. Uh, the first question, well, not the first. He, did, he got a bunch of them. I saved the ones pertinent to us and this show. Uh, so one question was, how are you so good at producing and playing guitar? We got a brown noser over here first and foremost, but fair enough. Putney said, I think my success with the albums I produce stems from understanding the culture and the sonic landscape that will make a song connect for a given project. Combining more technical engineering and a detail-oriented approach with an actual relationship and understanding of the scene the band comes from also helps. I can barely play guitar. Truth. Very interesting. Matt, we've talked about a lot of producers on this show, what they bring, and it was interesting to hear Putney basically say that part of his producing is also knowing the scene i don't think we hear too much about somebody like garth richardson or terry day talk about the scene but putney very concerned with the scene i think that's super interesting i think other producers might say something like the unique sound instead of saying the scene but i know what what putney means like it's the most vivid example would be like the Pacific Northwest in the 90s, which eventually became grunge. Like there was a thing that they were doing and everybody, Sub Pop, tried to really capture that. Putney's saying, if I go into the recording studio with you, what are the bands that you're around? What is that sound, that thing that you're doing? And to call that the scene, that totally makes sense. Especially now that everything's so fractionalized, you'd kind of want to know, like, okay, what are these guys actually going... What's everybody in this area that's playing shows going for? It really tracks. Yeah. It also does put him, though, at odds with somebody like Russ Robinson, who I think when you look at what he did with the last couple records that he's produced, uh, especially thinking of the Suicide Silence record, that is a record that is anti the scene that is Mm -hmm. a record not thinking about the scene and it's interesting i mean that putney is basically saying you gotta think about the scene or else i mean i don't think he was thinking about the suicide silence record when he said this but i mean that was my first thought was like oh yeah if you don't think about the scene you could end up in a situation like that um matt why don't you take this next one all right here we go this one is hey putney how you doing no. Uh, what band artists would you love to work with that you haven't had the chance to yet? Straight out of the bat, Mastodon. A Putney-produced Mastodon record would be insane. Give it to me. Baroness. Deftones. Oh, Brother. Napalm Death. At the Gates. Etc. Also, half the band's Kurt Ballou records. Laugh out loud. Give me a Putney-produced Mastodon record yesterday. Could be. I mean, that would be amazing. Now, interesting enough, we haven't really talked about it on the show because Mastodon's not, not new and we don't talk about it, but the new Mastodon record that's coming is produced by one David Bottrell. Ooh, the trill is gone. And so that'll be interesting to hear what that sounds like with a, with a, a known new metal veteran behind the boards. Now, we, um, just did the def- <laughs> we just did a Deftones record. The Man of Fire behind the boards for Deftones. Would you get more rippers or do you think he would get to the heart? 
Well, it's interesting to see because we've got in the history of Deftones, uh, you know, we had the long five album run with Terry Date. Yes. We just last week did their dip into working with Bob Ezrin, which obviously did not go well for them. At least, you know, I think the record turned out well, but they didn't enjoy the experience. Mm -hmm. Um, They come out of that. They do, I want to say, two or three with, uh, I'm going to slide to the last name, but it's like Nick Raskolevics, I want to say. Those records, largely successful. Um, And then they went back to Terry Date again. For go- for Ohms and Ohms, as we know, is incredible, an all timer. So it's uh, if anything, it would be kind of a risky move, I'd say, for Deftones because it seems like once they got a guy and they like a guy, maybe that's the guy. Um, mm-hmm. Also, the other thing to keep in mind is that from what I can tell and. They've only underanalyzed uh, Butney's resume, but he tends to work with a lot of younger bands, a lot of younger guys. So, and all the stuff that he's listing here, I believe, I mean, Mastodon, those guys are veterans. Baroness are like seven albums deep. Deftones, obviously right. veterans. Napalm Death, veterans. So Veterans, veterans, like, yeah. It sounds to me like maybe Butney's like, can I not work with kids for a minute? Can I work with some adults? Uh, which does play into a later question that we will talk about. Oh, which is the next question. Which is, hey, Will, how is a normal day at Graphic Nature schedule-wise? I'm assuming Graphic Nature is the name of his recording area. He says, really band-dependent. If it was up to me, I'd be on a 10 a.m. till we're done schedule, but some of these motherfuckers have never seen an alarm clock in their life. So that kind of thing makes me sound, that, that kind of statement makes me sound like I'm working with a lot of kids. I'm working with a lot of young people who are like first record, second record, and I'm, I'm being forced to be the adult in the room. And maybe, looking at that, maybe he would like to be an adult amongst adults. Maybe. Or just, yeah, I guess also, you know, there is a thing of like working amongst your peers, working with people who are on the come up, but then you kind of want to work with the ones that loom large in your mind, mm-hmm. you know, or it's just like, could I, he's had a lot of success. I think everybody that knows that, you know, you, you know, his history with machine, you know, that he's done a lot, but he hasn't had that, like oh, that Rick Rubin moment mm-hmm. where like I made you know, Mastodon do something that they never would have done before. Or I, you know, I did Mastodon, Mastodon, you know what what I mean? Like I did the, I did the record. This is their wildflower flowers, you know, like, yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. And and I could see that being very alluring uh, Mm -hmm. to any producer. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, we, we talk about Ross, but like out of everybody, he just wanted to make a cure record. Yeah. Very true. Very true. Um, but also, you know, I mean, him saying that he's up at 10 a.m., I mean, that's when we're recording these podcasts most of the time now, 10 o'clock in the morning. So, Putney, come on the show. We're on your schedule, baby. We got kids. We know. Uh, and uh, one more question, Matt. Final question. Who's your favorite producer besides yourself of fucking cores working today? Uh, he said Eric Valentine. 
I love Two Madsen, Kurt Ballou, and Jacob Hansen's Sonics as well. There are probably a lot more, but I surprisingly don't always pay attention to who's producing what. Eric Valentine shows up on a lot of lists. I see Eric Valentine show up all the time as fave producer. He's my fave. That guy's done it. And when you go through the two records that always stick out to me on Eric Valentine's resume, Songs for the Deaf and the first Third Eye Blind record. And he has done, I mean, I think he's worked on some Smash Mouth records. He sure he's has. Also, he also did, he did the third Death From Above record. And when they asked Death From Above, why did you work with Eric Valentine? They were like, nobody does drums like him. We're all, and there seemed to be this insinuation that everyone is seeking out the drum sound from Songs for the Deaf. How did Eric Valentine get right. the drum sound? And what's interesting is when you listen to that Death From Above record, incredible drums the drum sound is the best it's ever sounded i don't think that's the best death from above record but drum sound wise easily the best drum sound that they had on any of their records and what's funny is that they self-produced their most recent death from above record and it's good once again always good good record but not i mean it's not produced by eric valentine um so it was when those drums hit on you think i ain't worth a dollar but i feel (sighs) like a millionaire on songs (laughs) for the deaf uh when those kick in, it is a it's beautiful cacophony. It is mm-hmm. unbelievable how hard those drums hit. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, the other combination with that is like Eric Valentine recording Dave Grohl. Um, so right. a, a true incredible union. I mean, that's the other thing. Like, yeah, I got Eric Valentine in the studio, but I don't have Dave Grohl, so I mean, it may not matter. But um, but you know, also when you go back to there are some. I mean, the drum hit sounds on that first Third Eye Blind record are integral to that sound. The drum sounds at the top of Semi-Charmed Life, mm-hmm. everyone knows that. Do, very do, important. Do, do, do. Do, do. Exactly. So it was very interesting, though, like when you, when you get to somebody like Putney, the man of fire, he's like Eric Valentine. That's my guy. So very interesting. Um, so Putney, very much enjoyed your Q&A. The door is open. Like we said, we're up at 10 a.m. recording this pod. Come on the pod, bro. And I think we're both Eastern time. So let's make it happen. Uh, you know, we did an episode, Matt. Yes, we you did. You remember it. All about head PEs only in America. And <laughs> we got so much feedback. We got uh, that I labeled it here in our list here because it was just across the board. The, the people have been wanting us to do this app. And man, did they come out of the woodwork. Uh, so we will start, Matt, uh, with this email that we received. From Luke Demoss. Luke Demoss says, What's up, guys? Just wanted to give you all an update. I am still working my way through all the episodes. I just got to episode 237, where you read my email on the podcast. Not going to lie, I was having a shitty day at work, and that brightened things right up. Awesome to hear. Fucking love that. Why we do it. That's right. I am a musician and was in a couple new metal bands myself over the years and actually have quite a few new metal connections and cool stories that I'd love to share with you guys. Always down to hear new metal story. I make Josh Toomey tell me new metal stories constantly. All the time. All the time. Like, no, 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 no. Tell me the tell me the tell me when Fred said that he was gonna take you under his wing again. I love that story. Um if you've missed that story, you you have to listen to talk to me. But anyway, back to the email. But I'll wait until I'm all caught up before I go into a bunch of details. 
At the time of writing this, though, you're on episode 276, Only in America by Head P.E., one of my all-time favorite bands, so I thought I would share with you this picture of me and Charred. My band at the time, we were called Adage, uh, or Adage, don't know, uh, was on the same record label as Head P.E., so we were opening for them and Mushroom Head in my hometown of Greensboro, North Carolina. I think this was back in 2009. Anyway, keep up the great work. Feel free to review another 311 record anytime. <laughs> Appreciate that. Probably not going to happen, but that mm-hmm. is awesome. This picture Indeed. is great, by the way. Great picture of you both, uh, Luke and Jared. Jared looking, honestly, fit as fuck here. Jared yeah. looks like he's ready to swole. Yeah, run a mile. I think he's going to bench press this bus once they're done rocking these metal fingers. Great pick. Thank you, Luke. Thank you for the email. We got some DMs. Slotting up in. Chris McCarthy sent us a DM and said, The most shocking thing about listening to this album is I saw some of Jared's cameos, and he seems like a really nice guy with a lovely family, LOL. Wonder if he regrets this. Great episode. Thank you. Indeed. Thank you. Uh, indeed, Jared does seem to have turned a page in his life and is a family man. And I, I think we talked about this a little bit on the app. But, yeah, I have a feeling he probably doesn't revisit this era too much. I think uh, I think this was just that, that dark time, you know? Um, we also got a DM, Matt, from Ricardo. Yes. So you're going to have to help me with what CBC is because I cannot remember. CBC was the song... Come, bitch, come. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. Okay, allow me to tell you a story about CBC. Come, bitch, come. Because it's a whole meme in my house. I share a family plan, Spotify, with my folks. And at some point, I was revisiting the band discography. Also, at the time, it was when Spotify released the family mix feature that would make a playlist based on songs the members of the plan had been playing lately. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. I know exactly where this was going. One night, I came to visit for dinner, and my parents ambushed me to ask me why I was listening to such filthy music, and I was confused. They proceeded to play Oh, God. And everything in me just fell. I had no way to explain this. <laughs> I gotta tell you, Ricardo. I'm surprised. I'm surprised that you lived through that moment. To your parents saying, "What is this song?" and then playing CBC in their presence with you. Oh my god! I don't oh know god. how you did it. I don't know how you did it. I die a I, thousand deaths. Oh my god, Ricardo, you are a true survivor. Like Beyonce and the rest of Destiny's Child. A true Roach Rider for life. And a true Roach Rider for life. 100%. Thank you, Ricardo, for sharing this incredible story. Chris Vasconcelos sent us a message saying, Jenny's joke made me laugh, but Lauren's hysterical laugh made my day 100 times better. You are welcome. Jenny is one of the funniest people in the world, so that is why I am hysterically laughing. So thank you, Chris. We got some messages on Instagram. People were out of the woodwork for this album and episode, Matt. They truly were. Yes, Mosher Mags chimed in with a, this was truly something else. <laughs> I agree completely. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mangle this one. Uh, Entrisse Kadades said, I thought Fieldy's solo album had terrible lyrics, but this one, pure shit, too bad because the songs could be something really good. Scribble chimed in with funniest episode ever. Thank you, Scribble. 
Thank you, Scarable. Biscuit Pilled said, I got two words for this album. Oof, stinky. <laughs> Nicholas Arthur with, I'm reminded of the label keeping Georgie Porgy off a tribe called Quest Low End Theory, strangely enough, also Jive Records. That song is super homophobic. Had they been able to do whatever they want, uh, let probably wouldn't be, okay, Low End Theory, probably wouldn't be the classic it's considered as today. Having label pushback uh, on an idea could be a good thing. Only in America is proof of that. Every once in a while, you do need somebody to go, you sure? Yeah. 100%. 100%. Honestly, that is, I mean, Jenny's very good for that, for you and me. Oh, yeah. And And she'll be like, "Mm, guys, Come on. Oh, she's going to listen to this episode and be like, you guys wilding without me. (laughs) Oh, yeah. She's going to send us notes like, last time I take a break. Oh, my Lord. Sam X1605 said, one of the worst albums from one of my favorite bands. Sam Hartz, uh, WC, uh, OMG, I've waited an ocean of time for this review. It was true. How long did we wait? Was it like two years again that we've been asked to do this record? I feel like people have been asking us to do this record since we did the first Ted P.E. record. I think like we did that one, and everyone's like, what do you get to Only in America? And we're like, well, let, let's do Broke first, and the other one. And everyone's like, just, I'm just telling you, Only in America. Only you in know? America. Only in only America. America. Only so America. much crunk influence in this album. Ray's Hell still goes hard, but as much as a guilty pleasure of mine, this album, this is an album that time needs to forget. Very true. Metal Master 76 says, you guys have guts. This is a love it or hate it album. It's my favorite I'll from take them. I'll having some guts. Yeah, we got guts. We're going to get uh, in the my... aggro crag. Oh, yeah, Matt. Get up there. Uh, great drum sound. Jared was going through a lot during this time. I don't even think he was married yet. Jackson shines throughout. The lyrics are full of venom and hate. This is the album that did not age well. Still a fun listen. All right. Uh, and then uh, Scott James, 23, said, this record is a mug of cold diarrhea. <laughs> Woo! Woof! Wow. Okay. Over on Facebook. While it was up, we took copious notes. We took copious notes. We were saying when, when Facebook went down, we were like, thank God we called this thing who's tweeting. Could have been, could have been in trouble. Damn Dramo said, this album didn't age well from the get-go. However, it brings me back to a great head pe memory I let's love go it. baby they were touring this album and came through with dry kill logic at the club where i worked i was a big fan wasn't too sure of the album yet but excited to see them in my place of work a small club of only 200 people it's normal to go on a grocery run to grab the items on the band's rider beer wine snacks etc so they could restock the tour bus however i was informed the jar had wanted to go to the grocery store personally and needed a driver The owner knew I was a fan and asked if I would do it. Excited would be an understatement. When he was ready to go, I wanted to introduce myself and put my hand out to shake. Nope, only fist bumps for MCUD. So on our way we go. I try to make some small talk, including asking about the new lineup since half the band left since Blackout. He said the new lineup was the best band he ever had. So we go to the grocery store. I ask if I should go in for him since that's what I usually do. But he says I can stay in the car and he has it covered. Cool. Hung out in the parking lot for around 10 minutes. He comes back out. This is a college town. And the first thing he said was something like, man, you got some honeys in here. (laughs) 
It's a 10 minute drive back to the club. As we have established, small talk isn't happening, so I put on some tunes. Quietly, I didn't want to be rude to my passenger. The music was 36 Crazy Fist album Snowcap Romance, which I was really big into at the time. We hit a red light, and Jared asked, What are we listening to? It's a 36 Crazy Fist. Let's turn it up. Oh, yeah. So I did. Red light continues, and as we were sitting there, Jared starts vibing in the car, bobbing, dancing. Car is rocket. Me, Jared, sitting at a red light in my mom's Hyundai Sonata. <laughs> Chef's kiss. Chef's kiss waiting to save my mom's Hyundai Sonata. Mwah. Perfect story. This is also, I'm pretty sure... A great example of do meet your heroes. Perfect. You get some prime quotes. You get to turn them onto some new tunes that he's vibing with, and it's all in your mom's car. This is the best. Dad great Dramo. story. Perfect story. Thank you so much for sharing. Jason Andrew Goodman said, recommendation for listening to this album as a result of how much I speed up podcasts. 2X, it sounds absolutely sick, and the lyrics blow by twice as quickly so you can catch half as many of them. I'm a 2X listener, too, so I can get it. Thank you, Jason. That is a good recommendation. Manuel said, I think I know what he means by beef injection, and I wish I would not. (laughs) (laughs) Garrett Fuller with the shout-out to John Hancock. Yes. (laughs) Great pick of John Hancock in his zone. You know what? I look at this pick, and this is a man, I think, who also knows about hot beef injections. Oh, yeah. Hancock was quite the coxman. I gotta be. Brendan Young said, this album may have a little in the form of redeeming qualities, but represent and wake up our earworms that still randomly pop into my head to this day. Yowza on the worms. Uh, Jeffrey Thomas with I've never listened to a head P episode just don't like the band I get that but since this was a this was hype so much had to check it out some instant classic hilarious roach coach moments home run show new metal is back and whatnot thank you Jeffrey (laughs) thank you Jeffrey and you gotta have that whatnot you gotta have that whatnot Mike Palladino the first it's okay if you skip episode it's true. It's, it's true. true. This was this was the first to give that warning. Ooh, Shane coming in. I love this. Jared is the Kanye of new metal, a heel. He's insecure, constantly spouting nonsense, and has basically been a net negative. This is one of the reasons Head never took off as much as they could have, considering they were one of the better sources of the genre early. He would have been canceled years ago if anyone cared about the band. Whoa, Shane Woo! coming in. Ha! Shane! I mean, I've said hotter stuff because I'm a boss. No, uh, (laughs) cut all of that. Um, Or don't. Who cares? Uh, As someone who has seen Head Live over 20 times, it can be difficult separating the art from the person because I genuinely love the music, not the misogyny and a host of other problematic stuff. Uh, I truly feel Wes Gear, half the genius behind Head, was the balancing force. The Donda, if I may. And after their falling out over a stripper, Jared went off the rails. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. (laughs) Well done, Shane. Well done, Shane. Thank you. Uh, Josiah Russell said, this is actually one of my favorite head PE albums, crying laughing emoji. The lyrics are terrible, but there's just something about this album I just love. I get it. 
Alex says, what an insane album. Every track I heard, I was mind blown. Like, how did this dude get away with putting this out for people to listen to? I think this is one truth that children don't need to hear. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if we talked about it in the episode that he does say up top, get the children out of the room. And then like three tracks later, he's like, tell the children the truth. <laughs> like, we got to bring them back in. You just told me to get them out of here. I know that your children are now out of the room. <laughs> Please grab their hands, lead them back in. They got to hear the truth. They got to hear the truth. truth, Once again, it's not about the government. It's about record labels. Yep. (laughs) Yes. You know what? I mean, get Rosemary in in here right now. We got to talk to her about, you know, deals and percentages. Yes. (laughs) Gareth Davies says, who doesn't have toxic garbage fire of homophobia, misogyny, and weird flip-flopping between anti- and pro-American sentiment at the top of their birthday list. Happy birthday, Jenny. (laughs) (laughs) As expected, this app is an all-timer. I want a shirt that says, as someone who recently gave birth, the idea that Jared could destroy a pussy with his dick is laughable. (laughs) Classic. All right, another shirt. Another shirt. We got to get going. (laughs) Chris comes in with, you had me at foreplay. There it is. Uh, a truly all-timer for comments for an app, I got to say. Everyone really showed up for that. Thank you, everyone, for sending us those. And, uh, you know, it's time to close out the app, and we like to close it out by shouting out our Patreon patrons. If you become a patron of our Patreon over at patreon.com slash roachcoachpodcast, you, uh, you get to take part in all of the fun stuff that we're doing over there. Shirts are coming out to the people who have been signed up. Um, we're talking about some other cool exclusives that we're going to do on the Patreon. So something to check out. And so we want to shout out a new Patreon patron this week, Matt, who do we got? We've got Dugan Hayes. Thank Thank you. you. Thank Thank you, you. Dugan. Thank you. Thank you. And that does bring us to the end of another episode of Roach Coach. Thank you so much for listening. If you miss Jenny, do not worry. She is back next week for an album that will blow your fucking head off. You're going to love it. It's going to be super exciting. And I'll just say it right now. We're going to record it all in the same room. I know. First I'm, I'm stoked. I can't wait to it's, see you, dude. I haven't seen I you in forever. To, I haven't seen you in forever and ever. I believe the last time we were all together to record was... The April Fool's um, Afghan Wigs episode. 2019? That, that was 2020. Oh, wow. Because I came in. I mean, we'll just keep this all in. I came into town, and we were, I, I think I was there for Sloan, maybe, or an improv thing, something like that. And we got together. We recorded, like I want to say, like two or three, because I think we did Deftones, self-titled, and we did that April Fool's one, and... And then I think we had plans that I was going to come back into town to record um, episode 200, the Metallica one. And then obviously, the that world did not happen. Did not happen. Um, That's so crazy. Like, yeah, you had to have come in mid March because mm-hmm. March 13th is like where everything shut down. Yep. Yeah. So it was probably that weekend that we did. Yeah. It probably was. Now that I think about it. Yeah. So that's wild. so we. Uh, I know. So yeah. So this will be the first time in yeah more than a year that we've all been in the same room, and we're gonna be. I mean, I'm not gonna say what, but people are gonna be very excited. That's the album that we do. I'm very so, excited. Yeah. Yeah. So until next time, Matt. Thank you. Lauren, thank you. You know what? 
Yes. Jenny. Jenny. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you very much. Thank you. And we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.